Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. This week for the Corrales Golf, whatever it is. I don't even know. It's such a weak field. It's such a hangover after the U.S. Open. We're here. We're still going to do it every week this fall. We're still going to be here putting out this podcast. I know some people are taking breaks, but we will be here. And it's for the Corrales this week. Tambo, how are you doing this weekend, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Back at it again, you know, back on the grind, get back up on that horse. Had a pretty good week overall. Uh, you know, a lot of talk around it. Before we get into the week and discuss the U.S. Open, everything that went with it, want to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself five bucks off your first week. Later on in the podcast, we've got some of the winners to announce for the Listener League, the Tournament of Champions. We had all that fun, so we'll get into that. But talk to me about the U.S. Open, Kenny. How'd you do and what'd you think of the event? Uh, I mean, Bryson, what a Sunday for him. I mean, like, it just showed uh, the, the amount of work that he puts in. It, it finally paid off. And I know he gets a lot of shit for, you know, uh, for, you know, the cameraman, uh, the uh, the product placement, the uh, uh, be, just being weird in general. But you can't look past the fact that a dude is extremely talented and is very good at golf. Uh, I mean, that's just what it comes down to. What he's done to change his game, not many people would have done. Uh, so kudos to him. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Uh, and the thing is, like, everyone's talking about, you know, it's his length and stuff like that. But that really was just a part of it uh, this past week with his victory. Uh, you know, he, you know, it, everyone knows he's a good putter. Everyone knows he's really long. And everyone knows he usually is below average. He's been below average with his approach and with his around the green game. Well, he gained a stroke around the green. He gained a stroke uh, uh, on his approaches. 
uh, this week. When that happens and you combine his regular off the tee and putting play, uh, he's extremely hard to beat. Um, you know, so, I mean, kudos to him. It was a great victory, uh, a good win. I know a lot of people aren't that happy about it, but so what? He did his thing. He's been working his ass off, and he deserved to win. Other guys who did well, of course, Matthew Wolf is looking like he's becoming the next thing. Again, we say this every four to eight weeks, that this new guy is the next thing. And most of the time, they, it's been correct. We, we have Hovland, Scheffler, Morikawa, and now Wolf. I mean, these young generation guys, wow. Uh, I mean, they, they can play. I mean, Wolf did look a little bit nervous um, on, on Sunday. It, it didn't really come to fruition for him playing in that last group. I know when Morikawa won, he was in that last group. And I think that's sort of a big deal when it comes to these uh, majors uh, with these young guys sort of chasing instead of being in a lead. Uh, I think it's probably be a little bit easier for him. Um, you know, other guys, Tony Finau, another top 10, a guy who I didn't think could do it uh, when it came down to, you know, missing these fairways. But, I think people have made good points when it comes to this type of rough uh, and these narrow fairways. I think Bryson said it himself. I mean, if everybody's going to miss a fairway, if it's too narrow, it's going to favor bombers. If it's too wide, it's going to favor bombers. And I think that's the truth when it comes down to this, because I mean, golfers hit less than 40% of the fairways uh, this past week. So driving accuracy really didn't do much. I think Brendan Todd hit close to 70%, and he finished, what, 26? Um, that was probably the best in the area. I think Bryson Bryson was actually 26 in driving accuracy. So you compound all that together. I mean, the this, this six-stroke victory is not surprising uh, by the way he played. What did you think of the tournament? Yeah, I think it was all good, man. I think uh, I was excited. You know, midweek, I, I said, I'm glad it's only Wednesday, so I still got time to tinker. Sort of came on to the thought that this was going to be a Bryson thing. The the distance seemed like it was going to matter more than what I originally anticipated with a guy like him, who I've been hard on all along. I mean, I'll still stay on record. I don't think he's the best player in the world. I don't think this changes that for me. I know it's amazing that he's made the changes and he's done it. I was really, uh, no, not weirded out by, but I just thought those were odd comments by Rory McIlroy to make saying that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, he's taking advantage of it to the limits. So well, that's kind of what you're supposed to do. He's not cheating. He's playing the game within the limits that you're allowed to play within, right? He was talking about anchoring the putter still on his arm and hitting it longer and all this stuff. Everybody, you know, at least in that, you know, that class of guys has the opportunity to try and do a lot of guys have said they're not going to do what Bryson did. A guy like Finau said, I'm going to maybe turn it up a notch with the driver and try and put it out there a bit more. But I mean, no one wants to make this transformation. You still can't take that part away from the guy. He had to grind. He had to get in the gym. He had to eat differently, had to take it in baby steps to move his way up. So, you know, I wonder what, I wonder what Brooks is thinking sitting home in the couch, you know, no shots, just a matter of, you know, the facts, right. And Bryson went out and did it. Nobody else under power. Bryson runs away with it. Six under. I love that. You know, when I did my deep dive throughout the week, the main thing that came up to me was just, I fully expected him to make the cut. He was under 10,000. He could fit with those balanced rosters, which I talked a lot about last week that, you know, I assumed were going to be the way to get to the top. Had a couple good runs there myself. And, and, you know, the thought around that was if you can get him in as your winner at 9,900, you can just do so much more with the lineup. And, you know, I liked guys like Louie, English, you know, Willie Z, Peters who fell off, Reed fell off, Matsuyama fell off. Those were all guys on my radar that I talked about all throughout the week and even on the podcast last week. Bryson was the only one that sort of I, I really talked shit about on the podcast and on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I did a full deep dive over on Rotor Grinders, just going into it hole by hole. And what I'd really seen was that there was opportunities for him that were streak eligible and the chance for him to actually score eagles and things like that were out there versus the rest of the field was not. And that for me was enough upside to sort of get back some of that money from, uh, what was it, the Rocket Mortgage or the 3M? I can't remember, Rocket Mortgage, I think, where I faded him completely with there was when there was a 
you know, four scorable par fives as well as a couple drivable par fours. This felt nice to get that back 25 to one, uh, you know, 19th in the Millie maker was just disgusting. A five out of six. I know a five out of six won it, but I think I was like the third best one. And Matsu was like the worst golfer. And there was only two Matsuyamas ahead of me. And if he had done like, you know, got like six more points, it would have probably been a top five. So woulda, coulda, shoulda. We move on to the next one. It's disappointing, but still a really good week all around. I, you know, had a great one overall, two, four lineups in the top 100. So move on to this week. This is a totally different week. Uh, you know, just the field that like you said is kind of, a, it's a oxymoron kind of to say it's stacked because it's the complete opposite. But for us degenerates, it's completely stacked of all the guys we want to play and use, including a guy like Will, Willie Zalatoris at the top, who just had himself a great finish at the U S open. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, we want to talk about listener league next, Kenny. Uh, let's, let me talk about my week. Uh, here's the thing, how I went about it this week. So when Friday ended, I was balling out. I was like f- like 600% return on investment. Like JT Reed and Peters were like three of my highest owned guys. And they were like one, two, and three <laughs> going into the weekend, right? Or something, so somewhere around there uh, going into the weekend. I was pumped. And then the weekend came and Saturday came and everything just fell apart. And it just did not work out well for me um i still almost broke even in gpps um i lost in cash again i don't know what the fuck's going on at least i won last week so it was a little, little tougher this week especially with the lower price guys just couldn't get the right guys hatton i don't know what happened to hatton uh finished plus 11 after two days after i think he started off i think it was like minus two after six or seven holes and i thought we were good to go uh, but then it just turned backwards. It was a great weekend. Uh, you know, we have we had NFL, we had college football, we had, you know, uh, the U.S. Open, lots to watch. You know, it, I'm so glad sports are back. Uh, I guess the one thing, uh, you know, I, it would have been like, you know, the we, one thing we're missing is the Olympics. I wish we were able to watch the Olympics. Tampa, did I ever tell you when I met an Olympian? I think I've told this story before. Have I, I ever told you a story? No, I you don't, don't remember so. this? All right, so we'll tell this story. Uh, I saw a lot of Disney commercials uh, during the last week, too. They're really pumping that up with the masks and everything. So it sort of made me think of this uh, story. So I'll tell everyone the story. It's story time with Kenny uh, once again. So so I was about 14. First off, let me preface this story by saying I was like 14 years. No, I was like 15 years old when this happened. So I, And I wasn't a good kid because <laughs> this is not the best story. It does not paint me in the best light, which the majority of my stories don't but anyways so i was on a uh, uh orchestra field trip i was in high school i was playing the orchestra i played the viola i was pretty good and so we went down to disney world for a uh, a competition uh so we're, so we're in disney world and uh this was in 1990 i think uh the, the fall of 96 right after the olympics uh and uh it, i was we were at um one of the disney parks i forget which one and, and they have um it was the one ride that was starting, a brand new ride, it was the uh, Tower of Terror. Okay, it was just opening. They were christening the ride. And the person that was christening the ride was Carrie Strug. And now I, I sort of jumped at the beginning of the story. So when we got to the park, um, we got a wheelchair from, from the, 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 the front of front gates. Because, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you get to get into the front of the ride. So you know what I'm saying? So like I said, we were bad kids. And so every single person in our group had the have some type of ailment uh, to, to ride in the wheelchair. My ailment, I was catatonic. So like literally I just sat in the wheelchair and like didn't move and like drool coming down my, my the side of my mouth. And it was horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I'm still going to tell the story. 
So the first off, the first part of the story, we were in a, um, for, for me, I was in the wheelchair. We were on the uh, Moppet 3D ride line. And that line, there's like different like ramps and stuff where the line didn't go through because it was sort of shorter lines and it didn't go in there. And so at one point in time, I had a guy behind me who was holding the wheelchair. He was talking to somebody and he accidentally let me go because he wasn't paying attention. I started flying down this ramp. And again, I was catatonic, so I couldn't like move or anything. So we, I flew down this ramp, rammed into the wall and like collapsed onto the floor. And all these people in the line behind me just started screaming and yelling and like running down and helping me. And all my friends were laughing and everyone thought we were the worst people in the world. And the more you hear the story, it's very possible we were the worst people in the world. That was just a little prelude. So talking about the Olympian. Oh, anyway, so I go down the ramp. I like crumble to the ground. All these people help me back up and they scold my friends. So the next ride we go to, my buddy, he's a, he was a drama guy. Uh, he decided he was going to be, uh, I don't know, mentally handicapped, uh, Down syndrome or something like that. that. That's what he pretended to be. Horrible. I know. It's horrible. So, so we're in the line for Tower of Terror, and the person christening the ride was Carrie Strug. If you remember the 1996 Olympics, she was the one that busted up her ankle on the, uh, on the vault or whatever thing where they jump and they do the crazy flips and they hit the little horse, whatever. And, and, and she busted up her ankle and she had to do it again for them to win the gold. She ended up running down, you know, sticking her landing. It was unbelievable. Like she really messed up her ankle. Uh, Caroli, like, you know, carrying her in her arms when they won the gold medal. It was like one of the biggest moments in Olympic history, I would say, for the United States gymnast team. And so she was christening the line. And so we get to near the front of the line and Carrie Strug sees us. And so Carrie Strug, you know, it's a group. And my friend, he's really playing the role exceptionally well. Uh, so, you know, he's like, he, you know, he's yelling at Carrie Strug. He's like, I'm such a big fan, blah, blah, blah. And so, so Carrie brings us all up and we take pictures together. <laughs> we take pictures together. And, um, you know, she's, you know, and she talks to my friend who's in the wheelchair and like, you know, talks to him, kind words and everything. And big photo op with like press and stuff there. And so he would get back in line. And also he couldn't walk. That's what he was acting. He said he couldn't walk. And so he ended up, you know, we get back in line. He ends up like fake getting up out of his wheelchair and like walking towards Carrie Strug. He says, I can walk because of Carrie Strug. It was horrible. One of the worst things I've ever done in my life, but it's hilarious. Now, the funny thing is about 10 years later, I'm dating this girl. I'm living in Roanoke. And, um, and uh, her sister is the vice president of the Commonwealth Games. It's these games in Virginia where everyone comes down to Roanoke and competes in these different Olympic-style games. And um, guess and so there's a, like a, a dinner beforehand. So, you know, uh, the keynote speaker, of course, was Carrie Strug. And so, you know, I remember everything that happened. I mean, it was horrible. And I remember everything that happened. And, um, you know, after her little speech for the keynote, we go up and introduce her. And she's like, why do you look so familiar? And I was like, you know, I met you about 10 years ago at the Tower of Terror. I was like, I remember you guys. You guys are awful. And she literally, like, stormed off. And she still was bitter about it and wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the dinner. So that, that's a little story there. I don't know why it came up. I, not many, you know, it's, it's the fall swing. So I'm going to bring up these crazy stories sometimes. It has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But I just thought that was a funny story. Uh, don't do that if you're kids because it's horrible, especially nowadays. I'm shocked 
that we didn't get thrown out of the park. I mean, literally, we should have gotten thrown out of the park for that because it was a huge spectacle. And that's enough for that story. Story time with Kenny uh, is over now. Let's go to the list. What do you think of the story? It's horrible, right, Tambo? If your kids ever did that, you would probably whoop their ass, right? I deserve the yeah. ass whooping. I'm that. glad there's no kids that listen to this. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> it's horrible. All right. So first off, let's talk about the uh, Tournament of Champions winner. We have Dusty Bottoms, who uh, I love his Chevy Chase Three Amigos avatar there. He was the winner. So go ahead and tell him what he won and everyone else, what everyone else won before we go to the true listener league. Yeah, so the prize pool was set up. We didn't post it or anything. We just kind of figured we'd talk about it on the pod. We'll post it out maybe today so those of you can get a hold of me. I, Dusty Bottoms actually already got a hold of me today, so he's been set up. So first place is the annual Core 4 Premium Package to Roto Grinders. He's already set up with that. And then he got $100 DK dollars posted to his account this morning. Uh, Strumpy in second got the $100 DK posted to his account. Goad84, who's a two-time Listener League winner, he actually won the Listener League. We're going to get to him in a minute. And he's going to get the one-week free from Roto-Grinders, Core 4 Premium. Uh, C. Gamble, just message us on the, uh, if you guys don't already, message us on the uh, FGD Twitter account, and we'll get you all set up over there. C. Gamble, 24, popular name, been around before. He's going to get the Roto-Grinders t-shirt. And then three putt bogey in fifth gets the rotor grinders hat just to round up the swag package fourth and fifth kind of a winner's take all deal in a, in a 25 man or whatever it was with you and I in there. So uh, other than that, good job to those guys. They've obviously got the money along the way from winning the listener league. And then yeah, go at 84 had, I think two or three lineups in the uh, three max listener league. And he was the winner again this week for 408 points. Yeah. So let's go over. Congratulations. Dusty bottoms. Great, great lineup tournament of champions. He is our champion for this year but let's go to the listener league from this past week go ahead 84 is the winner um strokes game capping i think that's his name on twitter as well if i'm not mistaken uh i think so yes and so uh he had 408 points started off with bryson who had 102.5 points uh 3.72 percent owned uh you know of course he won Finau with another top 10 in a major, which is pretty freaking incredible. 15% on 57 points. Harris English, who had a great run. Uh, the first hole on Sunday really hurt him uh, losing that ball. We talked about it was a possibility of losing balls uh, last week. And I think that was really the only one that I saw. And it happened on the second to last group on a Sunday. That was horrible for him. 14.42% on 64 points. Gary Woodland, who missed the cut, who actually – now he has a torn – something wrong with his hip. Uh, he's been injured for the last three months, which is sort of why uh, maybe he has not been playing very well and which could also make an argument for having an injury report because nobody knew about that until this week. Uh, but Gary Woodland, um, 22 points, uh, 4.58% on. Matthew Wolf, who we, you know, we loved last week. We were big fans of him, 16.62% owned, 86 points. And Usti, who were both fans of last week as well, almost 25% owned, 76 points. Tambo, what'd you think? Yeah, I liked it. The Usti chalk was worth it, man. That guy just tears up these majors, as we've been talking about for months now. You know, as far as, you know, the only couple majors that we've had, but before that, that's, you know, something we've always been on. So I do like that play. Wolf, we mentioned English and Casey were both right there. You know, Woodland missing the cut was just, he almost made it through, plus eight. Like, it was a tough cut line, and everyone was talking about where it's going to move to. I think it ended up at plus six, so... Uh, yeah, shout out to him. That's another good lineup, another win. He collects the cash for that. Dusty Bottoms right there in ninth. Again, made another run at it. So uh, congrats to those two guys in, in both this and the Tournament of Champions. And we'll continue to run this listener league. It's probably going to shrink down. 
for the fall swing. I think it's going to be, you know, 750 people or something instead of 1250. But it's just, you know, the fun to have it out there. We'll keep the league going. Uh, probably gut the league down to nothing and start over again for this season as far as the uh, the fall swing goes. So you'll probably count this week as the first week. And then we'll bring back um, Go at 84 because he just won again and he's just been a staple in the top. So good to him and congrats again. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to this week. Uh, the PGA Tour heads to Corrales Golf Course in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic This for the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. This week is far from star-studded, but it does, does give golfers a chance to pick up full exemption on tour through the 2023 season with a win. Uh, this is the third year the tour has come to Corrales, and it has also hosted a couple of Corn Ferry Tour events in the last five years. Uh, the course looks fairly easy. So I don't know how much I'd look at course history. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal this week. Um, weather and wind is actually the main defense of this course, as six of the holes lie right on the Caribbean Sea, while the other 12 are just slightly inland. Uh, as of now, the weather forecast calls for high temperatures, possible thunderstorms, and light-ish winds, especially for this area. Uh, but uh, that, of course, can change. Uh, I expect the winning score, if the weather is around here, to be minus 18 or better. Uh, you know, DraftKings has, like Tampa was saying, DraftKings has decent-sized tournaments this year. This is a great tournament for us to generate. So I'm definitely going to be playing a, a good amount. All right, so Corrales Golf Course is a 7,600-yard-plus par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Uh, this might sound like a sort of a long course, but because of the heat, the ball travels quite further uh, here than and, and then on other courses, especially this time of year. Uh, the par threes are all lengthy, ranging from 204 yards to 263 yards. At first glance, it looks possible that these par threes will play very difficult, especially in the wind, but the greens here are very soft. Uh, golfers that played the Corn Ferry Tour event a few years ago talked about how they were surprised at the receptiveness of the greens. Even from the rough, golfers are able to make the ball stick on these putting surfaces. This will definitely make the par threes easier to access, but these four holes will still more than likely be the four most difficult holes on the course. The par fives range from very short to very long. The shortest par five is only 515 yards long, while the two par fives on the back nine stretch out over 620 yards. Scoring must come on the two par fives on the front nine to contend. Uh, when Nate Lashley won here uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, he shot minus six on the front nine par fives. Uh, the year before, Bozzelli won. He shot minus 11 on the two front nine par fives. Scoring also has come from the front nine because the scoring also has to come from the front nine because it's almost 400 yards shorter than the back, and all the short, easy holes are on the front. Five of the par fours range from 400 to 450 yards, like 399 to 450 yards. That's close enough. Four from 400 to 501 yards, and one at, at around 385 yards. Off the tee, golfers see wide fairways and light rough. Wayward drives will have to contend with bunkers, some water, long sand dunes, palm trees, and local vegetation. With the lengths of the course, course and huge fairways expect driver to probably be the premier club off the tee this week this doesn't mean only bombers fare well here it's actually been quite the opposite with many shorter hitters who are good on the greens excelling at corrales on approach shots golfers will see large relatively flat seaside past palum greens bonkers some runoff areas and water guard the greens from errant approaches the greens are soft so that helps the shorter golfers since their longer approach clubs will still hold the greens even from the rough. The greens are slow with a stint meter rating of under 11. Other courses on tour that use past paddling greens are uh, Mayakoba, 
uh, Cocoa Beach and TPC Kuala Lumpur, which is not on tour anymore, but you can still go back. It's been recent enough where you can go back and take a peek at that. This event usually turns into a putting contest. So looking for golfers who hit a lot of greens and are comfortable with the flat stick, especially on past pound greens, looks like it could be the play. Uh, if you're going to play a poor putter, make sure he dominates on the par fives and with his approach game. Tambo, what type of golfers are you looking for this week? Yeah, I want to just say shut it down and play wherever you want. But uh, it's one of those events, right? So, uh, you know, stats-wise, I'm going to look at a few things. You mentioned the par five birdie or better scoring. That's sort of been something that stands out. The course history is like two years and a couple of web.com events. So not going to do anything with that. Like you mentioned, if, if it's a tiebreak or something you want to go off it, go ahead. But I think what matters way more is, you know, the motivation factor. And, and it's for everyone. That's why I said kind of play wherever you want or whoever you like is because you talked about it. You know, normally this is an alternate event. Right now you're going to get full FedEx Cup points two-year exemption on tour. This is absolutely huge. I am going to stick to, you know, the guys that we've been on, the guys that we like. We'll talk about them for sure. Sam Burns, you know, we'll get into it. But I'm going to say that's the guys I'll be on throughout. Looking at other stats, you know, birdies are better, par five scoring, uh, approach, second shot course. I think it, do, it does kind of turn into a bit, of, a bit of a putting contest, right? I know the best putter typically is who wins, but it doesn't mean the stats coming in have to be that. It's more of just whoever shows up for this week. So I like the guys with better approach shots just to see who's going to have more opportunities to pick them up, right? So I think that's going to be the way I go. And then, yeah, it's also going to be a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to price and, you know, how you build your lineup. So because at the end of the day, you know, we'll start at the top, segue right into it. You got Willie Z coming off and I know feel strength the field, but I mean, 10, nine right out of the gate. I still love him. Think he's a, a good play, but I don't think it's going to be possible unless you want to go all in to get overweight because it just feels like he's going to be somewhere from 20 to 30% owned. What are your thoughts on Willie Z and then just the rest of the top down to Sam Burns? I mean, with a guy at the top, you know, you want him to win or at least come close. And he, he has been playing exceptionally well, uh, finishing five through 10 all the time. He only has one win. Uh, it's not like he was dominating the Corn Ferry Tour with win after win after win after win. Yes, last week was incredible uh, for what he did, finishing in the top 10, I'm pretty sure, uh, at the U.S. Open, which is you know spectacular. And I think he's going to be a great player once he gets his card. Uh, but with that ownership and, and sort of the unknown with how much – you know, the, the travel is going to affect him. How much the grind of last week is going to affect him. He's going to be a fade for me. Uh, I am not playing his Altours, especially over 20% owned. Um, I, I, he can win this thing. The talent is there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he sucks. Uh, the guy is extremely talented. You saw that last week. Uh, but I'm just not going to go about him uh, this week. My favorite play in, in the 10K range is Sam Burns. Uh, you know, the guy checks all the boxes uh, that I am looking for this week when it comes to, um, you know, golfers that I want to play. Uh, I mean, if you look, you know, he, he has a couple of top 15s, uh, three top 20s in his last five events played. He's been making a bunch of cuts. Um, really good. on New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Duncan. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. He's the, he's the best on strokes game par 5 in this field in the last 50 rounds. Avoids bogeys. You're going to need to avoid bogeys here because bogeys are really going to set you back uh, because the course is pretty damn easy. Hits a ton of greens. Good putter. 
tons of birdies. Uh, Burns is my favorite play probably on the board. So I like Sam Burns a lot. I wouldn't even mind starting him in cash. I'm going to go a little bit lower uh, in cash because I want to get a few of these 9K guys in here. But I would not mind Sam Burns in cash. He is my favorite play. Uh, who do you like in 10K range? Yeah, it's easier to talk about who I don't like. I'm not really high on Connors, not just because the miscut last week, but just like I say, if it's going to be you know something that turns into a putting contest, it's always the same with him. If he gets hot and then he never seems to, and at 10-6, I don't love it. I personally like Mackenzie Hughes a lot more just when I dig in and look at it. You know, if anyone can win a putting contest, it's probably Hughes. The guy drops bombs from 30 feet plus. So if he gets in any tighter than that, it should be a breeze. Uh, we watched him drain that bomb. We talk about it all the time. But at the Honda, that, that was a good one. If you look before... Um, you know, he's got second here last year. He, he was a uh, 14th, 10th and 13th, making it all the way to the tour championship. So, I mean, he's having a great year. He's coming around. He'd be the guy I would go on there. I'm, I'm way more on Burns. So you already mentioned, don't need to rehash that. I think the only thing you didn't mention was that he got 12th here last year. That's just another, like I said, tiebreaker or added bonus. He's my favorite in this range, but I won't be able to go with no Willie Z. I can't just jump off the guy after what he did for me last week. It's just a matter of, like you said, some of the other stuff. And then I worry a little bit about, you know, the validation in his mind, obviously the motivation is going to be there. So that's why I'm still going to be on. It's just going to be tough to get overweight. And I don't want to be like 40% on him. I, I just think he's a good play. I don't think he's the greatest on the board by any means with the price that's associated with it. But like you said, then what about the mental grind of getting that top 10 last week? It either does one of two things, right? It, it drains him a little bit. And then he has to get down on the flight down to here. I'm sure that's well within his comfort zone. Not worried about that so much as uh, you know, then he's now the favorite, the one everyone's talking about. The one thing you wanted to worry about, and I just, posted about this on Twitter. It's kind of annoying is they didn't put him in the feature groups. So there's not going to be anything following him in that sense. So just sort of go out and play his game. It's just like I said, it's tough to win anywhere. It's tough to win on tour, whether this is an easy field or not easy course or not. I think it'll still be a play to make, but something I'll be underweight on overall. All right. That sounds good. Let's move into this nine K range tempo. Go ahead. Yeah. Like Adam long at the top. I know everyone knows my you know love for Grillo. But, uh, you know, it's been sort of a fave pastime of mine. I'm, I'm going to switch it up and go to long here. Uh, you know, hard to get behind Grillo going four straight days and winning a tournament. I don't care what field, again, what strength, anything. It just it hasn't been something he's been able to do. Uh, you know, long, sneaky at the U.S. Open. Everyone's going to talk about Willie Z, but he got 13th. He was right there. I mean, he's won on tour. You've seen it. Uh, as far as last 24 rounds go, I'm looking a little bit more recent now that we're off the major. What have you done for me lately? Long's really popping up. Uh, in all my stats actually at the top at, at 9,900. So I'll bring up some of that, but yeah, you know, you got long right there, popping in T to green approach. You, then underneath that one guy is interesting. I don't know how the, the public will react, but uh, you know, I take like a howl over a Stenson. I'm, I'm sure people will talk about Stenson this week. He pops in some of those same stats, but he just, again, another guy I haven't seen done much lately. And with a guy like Charles Howell, he just got again, 30th at the U S open. It was pretty much all putter. So I don't want to get too invested there. But if you look at some of the comp courses that people bring up, and I think rightfully so, OHL, Mayakoba, sort of these easier type tracks, a guy later that, you know, everyone's been talking about is JJ Spawn gets sort of brought up for the same reason. Uh, if you look at how these courses, he sort of tore them up and he's again, way lower. I know he's still 9,700, but you know, he's not really the, the number one golfer on the board. He's the seventh golfer on the board. So I don't mind Charles Howell. And then another guy I think you'll talk about, but got to love him is Denny McCarthy. Uh, putter is the thing that we talk about him all the time. And, you know, we talk about a putting contest. It's actually been off lately. It's been more tee to green irons where he's picked things up. So for me, I love him here at this event because if both those worlds collide, I think it could be good game field. And Denny McCarthy could just take off with this thing. So at 9,600, I think he's a good play. And then I'm, we're not gonna talk about everybody going down the board, but just a, a couple more to pop, uh, you know, Dietrich, 
probably one of my favorites up here that I don't think people will go to, not favorite overall, but just in this range when you got Straka, Ventura, Perez right there. Uh, you know, another solid guy, solid Euro guy, made the cut um, at the U.S. Open and then didn't place well. So it'll go off of people's radar. But now he gets a, a lower class event. And 33rd here last year, I think he's been a better golfer over the last year. And everyone will say, oh, those Euro guys only do it over there. I've even been guilty of saying that in the past. But typically we're saying that at, you know, I don't want to say, you know, well, I will say a quote unquote real PGA events. This is maybe, you know, it still is one. Like I said, it's got everything that goes with it. But for me, the thought is that if you look at strength of field and what they're up against, the Euro events are probably actually a better strength of field in some cases than what this one's going to shake out at with like basically nobody in the top 50 in the world at this event. So at least those events get something in them. So I like him. And then Perez, you'll talk about him too, but hot weather, low scoring events showed us something lately and would be probably a bigger name that most people won't go to. So, uh, you know, Dietrich, Perez, McCarthy, Howell, uh, and Long. That's sort of my guys in the range. Where are you at? Two of my cash game cornerstones are in this range. Of course, Tabo mentioned them. First off, it's going to be Danny McCarthy. Uh, again, if this turns into a putting contest, he's the best putter in the field. He's one of the best putters on tour. Uh, I think he was, he's been ranked one or two the last couple of years in strokes game putting uh, on the tour. So I'm a big fan of his. And also, you're right. Um, his game lately has been really strong. He's actually third in the field in strokes game approach in the last 12 rounds. He's been crushing par fours. He's an elite birdie maker for this field. Tons of birdies. Uh, if you look in the last 50, uh, I think he's eighth. If you look in the last 12th, uh, he's fourth, fourth in birdie or, uh, birdie or better gained uh, in this field. He's actually first in the last 100 rounds as well uh, in this field. So it, it's going to be a birdie uh, type of week. And his iron game has been looking strong. Like you said, the combination of that iron, if his putter gets hot like it normally does again, he could easily win this thing. So I like Danny. Uh, my second cash game cornerstone is Mr. Perez, uh, Mr. Seaside Pass Palum. Uh, two of his wins, uh, his last two wins have come on Seaside Pass Palum at the CIMB and the OHL Mayakoba. Uh, he tends to do well in these type of events. Uh, he avoids bogeys. Uh, again, another good putter. Uh, he's been playing pretty well here recently. Uh, so those are my two cash game cornerstones in this 9K range. I do like Adam Long, uh, like Tambo. I almost used him in cash. The reason I didn't, a little worried about last week. He did play well. He played all four rounds at the U.S. Open. So a bit worried about that, but I'm still going to take my shot at him in GPPs. I do like Sepp Straka, uh, another good putter. Who, who does well on par fives, avoids bogeys, hits enough greens, you know, gets enough birdies. I, so I like Straka uh, in this range as well. So let's move down to this 9K range. Uh, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Charlie Hoffman. He has a win on Seaside Pass Palum. Uh, iron game is strong. Tons of birdies. Really good on par fives. Been hitting a lot of greens. Avoids bogeys. Stats lineup. He's actually number one. Uh, in my stat model for the last 50 rounds. Uh, so I do like uh, Charlie Hoffman. He has been playing fairly well here recently as well. Other guys uh, I do like in this range. I think I want to play a little bit of Adam Shank. Uh, really good par five player. Uh, gets enough birdies. He's, he had a, a decent finish a couple weeks ago um, at the Safeway. I, I think he didn't finish as high as I'd like him to, but he still made the cut. He's been making a ton of cuts. Uh, here lately let me just double check i mean it's i think it's like all six since july yeah yeah i think it's like six or seven in a row so he's been playing really solid solid golf so i like shank um i like um jing jong jang 
Uh, again, another guy who sort of tends to play well on these type of courses, easier courses. Uh, so I like him, and I'll play a little bit of Henrik Norlander as well. The st stats just go off. If he continues to play like he did, you know, like a month ago, which can easily come back, uh, he could make some noise. What about you? What about Tom Kim? He's back, but with his yeah. proper name. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I haven't decided on him yet. Yeah, I think if we're going to play him a couple weeks ago, then I'm going to play him here. So he'll be in the mix. He's not my favorite in this range. The three favorite plays in this range would be Luke List. Uh, just does extremely well on par fives for birdie or better stat. And that's on the larger sample. When you pull all of 2020 into play, he's he's in the mix there. His stats pop for me as far as T to green approach the last 50, the par five scoring already talked about. And just these are the type of events I want him at, right? And especially the price. He's only 8,700. I think that's a fair price. I know it's Luke List. Anything can happen. Can't really make putts. But if you're looking at it from that sense, I mean, realistically, it's not going to say in the same class as Corey Connors way up at the top, but I feel like it's like a $2,000 cheaper Corey Connors for me that I don't have to risk as much. And if he busts me up there, that'll be okay. Cause I can still get around him, you know, not use as much of him, but be enough to have uh, over the field. So I like him. I like Adam Shank, who you talked about the all six cuts thing. I had that in front of me as well, but uh, 33rd and 32nd here, the two times he's played it always like him in anything that's a birdie fest. So certainly going to like them more in a birdie fest with a weaker field. Cause typically those birdie fests we're talking about are PGA events. Again, I keep dogging this event by calling that it's still a PGA event. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we're talking about an event that's extremely different. Not one guy, like I said, in the top 50 or anything to go with. So uh, especially weaker field is what I'm trying to say is where I like him at a lot more. And he didn't quite get the price jump of all the others. You know, he's definitely up from our normal 69, 7,200 to 85, but it's not the same as some of the guys going up to 10 and 10, six and 10, nine and all this stuff. So they got to build the field out somehow. They're going against the Vegas odds. I get it. Uh, Tom Kim mentioned play a little bit of him and Stanley uh, Stanley popped for me on some of the sort of the corollary courses. And he's always sort of a threat to be first round leader. Be interested to see the, the draw that he gets Not that I think there's a weather draw or anything. I just see if he can get through it, get some of those easy holes, maybe out of the way first score that way. Uh, and he actually played pretty solid at the Safeway a couple weeks ago, just really couldn't find his putter. Uh, if he bounces back with something like that, I could see playing him here. But my other favorite play is right at the bottom. Patrick Rogers uh, has made all his cuts since Memorial. Always like him in a birdie fest. Anything, you know, my boy Noto always talks about him over Roto Grinders. Anything off Bermuda. And, you know, the other thing is, too, it's a field like this that you just want to play him in. So he's one of my guys with Burns. Stats aren't really popping off the page. I don't think anyone's going to be all over Patrick Rogers at 8K. But I certainly will be, and i got to bet on him, too, for later. So he's a guy like at 8K straight. Yeah, I can see Patrick Rogers. I, the skill level that he has comparative to the field, I mean, you got to think. We've been that, waiting for him to win. Yeah, man. we have been. I, I, this could be the spot. I like that play. I like that call a lot uh, this week. Let's move on to the 7K range. I'm not really the biggest fan of this upper 7K range very much. I might play a little bit of GMAC because this is his type of course. Of course, he won here last year. Uh, these coastal courses, this is what he does. This is how he, he's been on tour uh, for the last few years. Uh, every now and then winning one of these events. Uh, so I, I like GMAC. I'll play a little James Hahn. He's going to be my Korean pick of the week. Uh, mm -hmm. Ninth at the Safeway uh, last week. Really good on uh, par fives. Uh, hit, he's been hitting a ton of greens here. Uh, Tita Green has been strong. Uh, no one will be on him. Uh, probably sub 5% owned. Uh, you know, so I like James Hahn. Going down a little bit more into this uh, middle 7K range, I do like Chris Baker who's been playing really well in the last 12 rounds. He's first in the field in strokes gained approach and second in birdies are better game uh, in this field in the last 12 rounds. Uh, so I do like him a little bit. Uh, Seamus Power seems to have a little bit of success here. Uh, he's played well here in the past, and he's been making a good amount of cuts. He's been popping 
a little bit here, a little bit there before he falls off on the weekends. Um, so uh, I, I like him a little bit uh, this week. Um, other guys down here, Matthew Naismith is a guy, uh, you know, avoids bogeys, good on par fives, hits a ton of greens, uh, you know, above average putter, really strong with his approach game. So I like Matthew Naismith uh, going down a little bit more. I'll probably play a little bit of Sam Ryder uh, and J.J. Spawn down below. J.J. Spawn, this is, I think he's going to gain some popularity. I've already heard uh, a couple of guys talk about him this week. Um, he seems like he could be this type of play, this type of course will suit him. So I like him. Uh, and Ryder's played well here in the past as well. So uh, I'll go with him a little bit, even though stats, again, these stats aren't going to be popping uh, with these type of golfers. Uh, so you got to sort of make your judgment calls here. And so in the bottom, I like Ryder and uh, Spawn. Who do you like? Yeah, and I'm not even saying to throw the stats out the window completely, but like you just said, there's a lot of guys here that their stats won't be popping, but their games could be. And what I mean by that is just what you know, just what it means. Like if you got a guy like Kevin Chapel, who we'll get into in a second, or you know Seamus Power, you know different guys like that. We just talked Will Gordon, um, you know all kinds of guys in this range. Graham McDowell, his stats won't really be going off, but like you said, coastal courses are shit. This is a guy that can just show up and turn it on and you'll be like, Oh, what? So you can say one thing, Oh, that guy popped because of the stats. Or you can say, Oh, I should have known that guy was going to pop because he just does well. These types of court. It's just one of those things. Right. So I like some other guys that, that you didn't mention. I like Matt Jones 18th here last year. Again, another guy, when you talk about stats, won't show up a par five stats. He certainly shows up. And again, if that gets rolling here uh, for 2020, he was one of the guys that popped up there in the par five birdie or Betty better scoring. And that's huge. Like you mentioned the guy like Bozelli, who we'll talk about later. That was big when he got his, web win here so I, I do like Matt Jones Johnny Vegas 26 here last year game certainly been up and down but a really, like for me definitely feels way too cheap there's another guy I'll talk about like that in a second for a guy that's been competing on courses and with the biggest names and, and much stronger courses and fields even as wins and whatnot so have, what have you done for me lately not as much but I mean he hasn't been that bad and in the last 50 rounds Tita Green ranks out quite well birdie or better DK scoring par five scoring so it's all there at 7700 Will Gordon you know, not maybe skill level yet, or from what we've seen, it's only really been one or two events, but now the price drops back down to something that feels a little bit more comfortable. Uh, it's sort of like a cheaper Sam Burns, maybe not the talent level, but a guy we've been waiting to pop and figured if he does, it's going to be this time of year in this season in the fall swing. So he's there. Keith Mitchell, always a sucker for Mitchell. You know, he's just a guy that sort of fits this well. Birdies, DK scoring, par five, all that. Uh, you mentioned Chris Baker, the birdie maker. Popped up lately, definitely still like him. The guy I think, though, probably like the most down here that just, again, it's not really someone I think people are going to talk about too much, and it's a name that just feels way too cheap, is Chris Kirk. 7,400, uh, rates out extremely well in the last 50 for par five, around the green, approach, key to green. Everything's there. We know what he's capable of. I know he had that little break and had to take time away and then come back, but he's played well ever since. And at 7,400, uh, he's won. And then the one right after him, I'm just rolling through because these are only sort of the guys I'm on in this range, is uh, Kevin Chapel. Really not done much for us lately. Mediocre 50th to 60th, but he's made the cuts. And now this type of event, this field strength, and then the top on the topic of, you know, getting a full out, you know, big win, all the FedEx Cup points early, the exemptions, all the stuff that comes with it. This is sort of the spot for a guy like him to bounce back. So I really like him and Kirk down in the bottom of this range. What about you? Uh, I, I, yeah, I went through the bottom. Let's move to the 6K range, 10, but why don't you just go ahead? Okay, I'll, I'll get right into it. I, I, a couple I didn't mention, I guess I went past the $7,500 cutoff with my guy Chapel there and uh, Chris Kirk. But yeah, one, one more you mentioned, I think, was Ryder. 
I, I always like Ryder in these scoring events. And then an interesting one, too. I don't know if you got any thoughts on You didn't mention him, but uh, Kurt Kitayama, number 108. OWGR really cheap for the ranking. And again, he's kind of like Dietrich at the top where you'll say, yeah, but he only plays those Euro events. But again, the strength of field is going to be very similar. Uh, he almost, I think he missed on the number at the U S open or, or one off of making the cut there made the cut at the PGA championship earlier. And as in earlier in the season had a T 18 at Pebble beach. So you want to link in some coastal and some stuff like that at 7,100 for a guy that's almost top hundred in the world. This field would be more, uh, you know, it would make more sense to put him forward in a field like this at 7,100. So I don't mind him. Um, any thoughts on Kirk Kitayama before I go into the 6K range? Yeah, I could play him. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely don't hate that play. Uh, I, I can go about that with Kitayama because, like you said, th- this field is similar to probably a Euro field. Uh, and so I would definitely go. I'll probably play him a little bit because a guy, at the, what does he have, a couple of wins on the European Tour? At least one, right? Uh, the guy can play. So, uh, yeah, I'm in. Okay. Uh, I got some more names I'll throw out there. The 6K range is just throwing darts. Like I said, in the spirit of not mentioning everybody, I'll just try and throw a few out there. There are a lot of guys in the 6K range. I didn't even check the uh, total number. I'll pull it up here quick. 87 guys this week in this range. So you're going to want to mix and match some of them in. Um, Ash K. Badia, like this guy, young kid, went pro early, showed up last time out. So he's getting his feet wet. Should hear a lot about him in years to come, but possibly even this week. You know, if you think about the upside here, it's, yeah, 6,900, and, you know, what has he done? But this would be the spot to do it. This is a coming out party for someone, right, if they want it to be. So uh, I think he's the guy that could pop up. Brandon Haggy, just distance, can get hot. You know, Corn Ferry Tour last year especially sort of bounced back for him, has PGA Tour experience, so I like him. Uh, you know, of note, a couple guys like Nate Lashley won the 2017 web event here at 24 under, so he could just – run away with this thing. Von Taylor withdrew the last time out, but he's another guy like uh, Kirk and Chapel above that just feels a little bit too cheap. Uh, one young gun to talk about, Justin Suh. This is, you mentioned at the top of how many of these guys we've got that are just, you know, again, back to that coming out party, but he was in the class of Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland. So this would be the time for him to pop. When none of them are in the field, his name could get noticed. I do believe strongly in motivation factors. All of these guys have it. It's just whether or not he can pop it out and show it off. You can talk Maybe later, if you want, about your boy, uh, Seaweed Doug. He's in this field. I think he, we skipped him maybe even. Was he up at uh, 70, 72, 73? Yeah, 7,300. But uh, he's a guy that could pop up in this event. And then going back down here, just throw a couple more darts. Uh, Grayson Murray, I mentioned, you know, par five, birdie, your better stat for all of 2020. 12th year last year, I think 6,400. We tried him on a couple weeks ago, and it didn't work out. I'll go back to him. And then I always talk about Dominic Bazelli. The B in Bazelli stands for birdies. You mentioned it already, how bad he ripped this course up in 2016. I think it was 20 under. He won at, I, I wouldn't hate going back to him at 6,200 as well. Who do you like in this bottom range? Yeah, so my final cash game cornerstone, this is purely a gut play. Uh, I had to go somewhat in the 6K range just so because I have three guys 8,900 or above uh, just to make it so I can get over 15,000 left. I'm going Peter Malnati. At sixty-eight hundred dollars, uh, at a twentieth at the Wyndham a few, uh, a few uh, like a few weeks ago. The reason I like it, he's gained ten strokes putting in the last two events played, um, I, and I think this can be a putting contest. And when it's a putting contest, I sort of like uh, Malnati. Uh, I could definitely see him going about it. I mean, the stats aren't there, his form's not there, so it's definitely a risk. But you're taking risks, huge risks in cash anytime you're, when you're going below seven K, and I sort of have to to fill my lineup just to make it legit. 
Uh, so I'm not leaving like 14-2 for you guys uh, to fill the rest out. So I'm going Peter Mamadi as my final cash game cornerstone. Uh, definitely a risky play. I thought about Vaughn Taylor, uh, but his form just hasn't been there. And a withdrawal. Um, other guys that so, – so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Danny McCarthy at 9,600. Uh, Pat Perez at 9,100. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at 8,900 and Peter Malnati at 6,800. Pure gut play for that. So those are my cash game cornerstones. Uh, other guys that I do like, I play a little bit of Josh Teeter, who does really well on par fives. It seems like easier courses tend to be his thing, really good with his irons. So I'll play a little bit of Teeter. Uh, other guys, I like your Justin Suckall. I'll play a little bit of him. Uh, Zach Blair and Aaron Baddeley. At 6,600, again, two guys who are normally really, really good putters. Uh, Badley's one of the best on Pax Palum uh, here uh, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Uh, so I do, uh, I'll play a little bit of Aaron Badley. Uh, other guys, Kelly Kraft, who has a couple of top 10s here the last couple of years. I'll go ahead on that. I mean, he hasn't played well at all, but maybe it's something about this course that he just comes on and does well. So I'll play a little bit of Kelly Kraft. Uh, I like Grayson Murray at 6,400. Uh, the pedophile, I'm a fan of his this week, <laughs> just this week, not because of the pedophile, because of his game. Uh, you know, a ton of birdies, good on par fives. Uh, his length could help this week. Uh, I think he had a pretty good finish here last year uh, as well. And then uh, I do like uh, Bazelli at 6,200 also, just like you, Tamla. All right. Anybody we miss? I liked your um, guy at 6,800 there, Josh Teeter. Forgot to mention him. Do, do like him at a course like this. Sets up well. You know, gets a lot of good finishes on the PGA Tour. Just, you know, middle of the pack at some of these events that are much tougher. Now he gets to come out to an event like this. I think he could rip it up here. Uh, and then one other was uh, like that is another guy just kind of reminds me of him. But Jonathan Bird, he's another guy, 6,600. I think you could uh, play some of him as well. So, uh, I mean, other than that, you're throwing darts at a lot of different guys, like you mentioned. But that's sort of where I'm at for now. And, and like I say, stuff will play out. As the week goes on, I don't think I'm going to find a, another Bryson premonition throughout the week, but I, I certainly do like everybody that we talked about and try to give as many names as possible that I'm really keying in on, keying in on early. All right, sounds good. Let's get the bets. Go ahead there, uh, Tambo. Yeah, I got a few. Um, so Burns, 20 to 1, taking that. I like him at the top there. I think, like I said, I've been waiting for him to get his win. I think this is going to be it. McCarthy's the other one right behind him that I think it could happen with, 35. I like Rogers and List, who I mentioned earlier. They're both 50 to 1 with the each way, top five. Gordon, 66 to 1 with the each way, top five. And then one guy I didn't talk about is just a gut play. Uh, me and you had a couple battles in the past with this guy where you, you were obviously on his side and I was on the Canadian side. But your boy KH Lee, uh, he popped on a few and I didn't even talk about him when we went through the, the tiers there. I must have missed it. But uh, yeah, as far as my notes go, anyway, he popped for me kind of like Stanley on some of these sort of corollary courses or things that he could pop up on. And I do like him in both DFS and Tibet. And my, the bet I got on was a hundred to one with the each way top five. And I, I think he could definitely come top five here. So I like him as well to round out the card. All right, so the beginning of our cards are pretty similar. I'm going Burns 20 to one, uh, Danny McCarthy, 33 to one, uh, Perez, 33 to one, uh, Hoffman, 40 to one, uh, Murray, 150 to one. And Malnati one fifty to one, just pure gut play with Malnati. I don't know why, for some reason, I just feel him this week. It's just random, like nothing really points to me, like me having to play him. But I just, I have a feeling uh, about him this week. We'll see how that goes. It hasn't worked too well so far since the restart, uh, but we're still going to go with it. All right, one and done. Uh, go ahead. 
I put Burns or List. I mean, if you, if you should have all these guys available. So those are the guys I'm liking, you know, McCarthy, Rodgers, all those four. I'm just going to use one of them and hope for the best. Yeah, I'm going Burns or Danny uh, this week for my one and done. I haven't decided on which one. I think Burns will be the most popular. So, I mean, Willie Z might because just what everything we talked about. I shouldn't say that. So he'll probably be the most popular, but I think Burns will come in number two. So it's up to you if you're trying to be a little bit more contrarian or just try and pick who you think is going to win the thing. Anybody can win this thing, though, so I don't – uh, fault anybody for going off the board all right that sounds good you can find me on twitter at kendo vt and you can find my article every week on gupscorner.com uh really good stuff going down in gups corner they got this college football guy the nfl's coming people are winning mad dough are uh, on the site and the thing is when you subscribe to gups corner you can actually you, you know one price for all the sports so it's, it's really nice check my twitter feed i'll let, put out a, a discount code uh later on for that um, Tambo, go ahead. Yeah, rotogrinders.com. Heard it at the top of the show. Doing lots of great things over there. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself five bucks off for the first month just to check it out. Get all the major sports. You'll be able to see everything. Lineup HQ access. The optimizer is incredible. Be able to use that. And then all my other shows that I do and stuff like, you know, the Bryson call, right? I, I talked about it on Twitter. I had to make sure it was public because everyone will say, why did you, you know, you weren't on them on the original First Look podcast that you do with Kenny. We can't be set in stone on this thing every week. You know, we're giving early thoughts and I'm trying to be as direct as possible. I pretty much stick to everything, but obviously everything as the week goes on. And that was one that I made sure to discuss in full, but I posted it out on Twitter. So everyone would still have it, but in depth on my Wednesday show with STL cards, I went through and literally broke down hole by hole, sort of what I was seeing with Bryson and why, and, and said that, you know, I was moving shares to him. So if you guys can check it out, rotogrinders.com slash DGEN, get five bucks off for your first month. Other than that, add me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions or see some of those post outs as I put out some of the work, doing lots of NFL stuff as well. All right, so a weak feel, but we're still grinding every week. 50 weeks this season. Let's do it. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. And I can walk because of Kerry Strug. Hi, I'm Jonathan Shokrian. I was inspired to start MeUndies because I was sick and tired of all the underwear brands out there that didn't feel like they represented me. I wanted to recreate underwear and make it comfortable, fun, and expressive. If MeUndies had one rule, it would be just be yourself. Self-expression is a big part of our company because we want everyone to feel like they can represent themselves. It's all about me. Our original fabric is made out of micromodal. Many have a hard time even just pronouncing it, but it's so soft and buttery, you just want to rub it on your face. MeUndies comes out with more prints than any other underwear brand in the world. New prints every week. Some of my favorite prints are Funny Bones, our 420 prints, and even St. Patrick's Day. Best of yet, we offer MeUndies in sizes extra small to 4XL, so there's something for everybody. If you've never tried MeUndies, we want to give you 15% off plus free shipping. Just go to MeUndies.com slash J-O-N. That's MeUndies.com slash John. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.